Hello and welcome to the Board Shorts podcast brought to you by Get On Board Australia, the destination for new and aspiring board members and company directors. This podcast is called Board Shorts because boards and governance can sometimes be a really dry topic. And if I can't communicate board and director related concepts and information to you in 30 minutes or less, then I don't think I'm doing it right. I'm Lisa Cook, Founder and Managing Director of Get On Board Australia, and I hope to make this podcast and the information I share valuable and useful to new and aspiring company directors and board members like you. Welcome back to another edition of Boardroom Insider of the Month. In today's episode, I'm talking with Liz Savage a switched-on board director who has built and continues to build a board portfolio that draws on her successful professional career while building her future boardroom potential. In this episode, Liz shares why it's so vital for aspiring board members to develop strong networks before you even start looking for a board role, why the board diversity conversation needs to be, well, more diverse, the importance of knowing why you want to join a board and why board service brings her so much joy. I hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast and this edition of Boardroom Insider of the Month. If you have any suggestions or requests for future guests or questions that you think we should be asking, please reach out to me via getonboardaustralia.com.au forward slash podcast. Thank you for joining me today, Liz. It's great to chat with you. It's great to talk with you as well. So let's jump right into it. Can you share what your pathway to the boardroom was? Yes, certainly. So after a background and an executive career over ooh, a couple of decades um, in the airline and travel industry predominantly, um, and predominantly in sort of commercial leadership roles in businesses, high growth, um, growing airlines, um, and then uh, sort of leading larger airline travel businesses. Um, I'd really sort of developed a very, very strong uh, commercial strategy and customer um, skill set and experience set. And so when I left my most recent executive role, which was here in Australia as Chief Commercial Officer of Virgin Australia, um, I found a sort of a... Um, a very uh, logical path um, opened up for me in the consulting world because I had kind of a a lot of knowledge of very different sized businesses. And, um, uh, you know, that was sort of a very, a very obvious application at the sort of sea level, if you like, that I was was working at. Um, But I also, at the same time, uh, had the opportunity to join a board and jumped into that. Um, That was here in Brisbane, Brisbane Marketing, which is the economic development agency for our city. Mm-hmm. And a really wide brief, which includes tourism, of course. So the right. link for, for that particular expertise was obvious. Mm-hmm. So um, I had the opportunity to join that board. And actually, that opened up a whole new kind of pathway and experience for me, um, which I then went to build out from there. And in fact, I've now chosen to explore full time. So I'd love to say it was all planned and predetermined. And, you know, this is part of a master plan playing out. 
<laughs> but for most people, as for most people in, in this, this situation, um, it happened very organically. Um, mm. As I say, you know, promoted by an opportunity to move into consulting and then actually a board role and then really, you know, managing those two things alongside each other for a period of years um, whilst I built out a full-time portfolio of, exe- of non-exec work. Right. So how how did those opportunities to join those boards actually come about? How did you find out about these opportunities? Mm. It's a great question. Um, and I think, uh, you know, for me it's about sort of keeping um, – all of the channels open so that you're really, really aware of everything going on in the market because mm-hmm. um, they really can come at you from the most extraordinary places and often where you're not looking as well. Absolutely. <laughs> um, for me, predominantly, like many of my peers, a lot of the opportunities have come through my network, so through my business network, um, particularly that which I had grown and built um, whilst in executive roles. Um, and those have been you know, people who were then aware that I was looking and this was my intended path forwards and became aware of opportunities and made the introduction. Um, I think, though, having said that, um, I found that the role that search firms can play is really, really important. I think they're a big ally uh, to the sort of aspiring um, and building director yeah. in terms of being able to help help you keep a really great understanding of what's going on in the market and, um, you know, where the opportunities are, what's hot, um, and actually help you sort of focus, I think, in terms of where you want to develop that uh, career and what kind Mm -hmm. of companies you want to get involved with as the options start to then uh, come at you in a Mm. good way. Mm. So how did you... um establish and I guess manage those relationships with the board recruiting firms yep so again um used my uh business network to really really help me um get introductions to those firms that I didn't know um one of the things which uh I didn't appreciate when I started on the journey was that um, often within the search firms, it's a very different team of people within the search firm who handle the board appointments as distinct from the executive appointments. So often, you know, those really great contacts that you've built up through an executive career Mm. are actually quite different people. However, what you can do, of course, is ask those people, you know, for your executive space to introduce you to the right colleagues. And they were very, very generous in doing so, in my experience. Um, mm-hmm. It obviously helps them maintain a relationship with you as you move into this new part of your career. Mm. Um, so that was really important. And then I also, um, you know, it's, it's quite a bit of time uh, and investment in time, you know, going just to reconnect with people, to talk to them, meet them face-to-face, mm-hmm. talk about what your aspirations are, where you're at, and what you think you can offer. So I think the key step before engaging with those search firms um, is to you know, really make sure that you're making the use, most use of that precious time by, by having your, um, your proposition, you know, people call it a value proposition, but your value proposition sorted out. So what you're going to bring to the boards and where you think you're going to be able to add the most value because then they can help you the most. Absolutely. I don't think you could go to 
anyone in your network, particularly a search firm, and say, can you just think of me if you hear of any board opportunities? <laughs> yes. Although surprisingly, we kind of all sort of do that because we're like, well, I don't know. You know, I don't want to, don't want to rule anything else at this point. Mm. And, of course, you kind of don't. But equally, um, I always parallel it to something like looking for a house as well. You know, if you give the estate agent a very, very broad brief, they can't help you. Whereas mm-hmm. if you actually give them quite a specific brief, they tend to come back being the things that meet that brief, but also things that are adjacent to that brief as well. And that's where the excitement really, really starts and, and you're often running then at that point. Yeah, absolutely. So how did you come to narrowing your focus of where you wanted to pursue opportunities? Mm. That's been a, a, an ongoing um, uh, exercise for me, actually. And I think I'm probably still doing it to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, for me, it's been about, uh, as I say, getting out there, you know, talking with, um, people on the end of opportunities, whether that's through the search firms or the boards more directly than themselves, board chairs, um, and actually really getting under the skin and taking the time to really research the businesses and the sectors. Mm-hmm. Um, and in doing so, you know, also, it's sort of a, it's a, in some ways a research process. It sounds quite you know, intellectual and, uh, <laughs> and a sort of head-based, if you like, in its decision-making. Mm-hmm. But it was also about making sure I was listening to what my heart was telling me as well. So making sure that I was listening to my gut and listening to the messages it was sending me about businesses and opportunities that I heard about where I got really excited and thought, wow, that would be really, really interesting and I'm immediately jumping online or picking up the phone to find out more mm. versus those businesses where I go, yeah, that's a big role. And it's kind of, it's, you know, it's uh, wow, that would be a good role to have, but actually I'm not getting all that excited about the business because I think the, um, you know, the, the, the big uh, thing about taking on a board role is it is such a broad role, a broad mm. role in its scope that, you know, you really do have to be, really, really interested about the business and about the sector and about where the industry is going. You need to, in my view, you know, be doing a lot of reading around the outside, a lot of research and a lot of connection with the industry in order to fulfill the role well. So, you know, it better be something that you're really interested in because it's uh, going to be hard work and, uh, you know, not necessarily fulfilling work if you're not. Absolutely. So... (laughs) Where you first started looking for opportunities or when they came to you and and you could sort of narrow down your selection or make a choice then, was that quite a natural process to go somewhere where it was very close or the same industry that you were already working in as a professional because of that need to sort of have a really broad and deep understanding of the industry the business operates in? I think it's a very logical place to look. Yes, I, I agree, and a very logical place to um, be able to add add value um, and bring a certain um, set of experiences which are likely to be highly, highly relevant into that business. Yeah. That said, you know, I've also been very open-minded to adjacent opportunities as well because I think sometimes when uh, chairs are looking for a board, particularly if it's a board 
And a business that has very high growth or wants to expand in the um, range of services or products that it that it offers or perhaps the geographies that it operates in, there's a lot to be learned from other industries as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and usually, you know, typically the, the executive team has a lot of sector experience. So actually complementing that with some outside, some non-industry, some non-sector experience uh, at the board level can work. Um, but really that's very dependent on who the other board members are and how that comes together as a team in terms of its skill set overall. So that's mm-hmm. another key thing that I, I pay a lot of attention to and a lot of time looking at and exploring with the chair and with other board members is how, how if I were to join this board team, how would I fit into that and what would my specific contribution be? And I think the clearer you can be about that, um, the, 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 the more um, uh, focused that decision can be. Mm. Yeah, and definitely seeing where you fit in absolutely would help make that decision. Mm. So on that, how do you see your professional expertise benefiting an organisation via the boardroom? I've always had an absolute passion and also experience in, um, in customer in bringing the customer view to the front and centre of the business, um, whether that's as an executive, whether it's like my commercial leadership roles, um, or whether it's now from the boardroom and, and bringing that view to the boardroom table. I think often as, as senior leaders in, the, in, in any organisation, we can get quite disconnected with the customer quite quickly because there's lots of layers and people and processes and systems between us and the customer. Um, I've been very lucky to have spent my career in, with working with brands and with businesses where the customer is very front and center. Businesses like Virgin and EasyJet, they're very, very customer centric businesses by their, by their nature, by their DNA. And I think bringing that sort of lens and that viewpoint to other businesses, which perhaps don't have that yet within their DNA, but really, really seek to. Mm-hmm. Um, is a sort of real um, skill that I'm that I'm able to to do, and it's also something I'm really really passionate about. Using also, you know, that customer to either lead change or development within a business, um, mm-hmm. you know, perhaps business improvement, um, and then similarly how that sort of plays out through leadership and culture in a business as well. And really, those are applicable to travel businesses where I have a lot of my board work now, and that my background has been, but they're also skills and experiences that I think are applicable in many, many businesses, whether business to consumer or business to business. Mm. Yeah, it's all people at the end of the day. It is. Yes. So what over your board career to date, and it's by no means near its end or anything like that, <laughs> what has been your biggest challenge in that so far and how did you overcome it? a great question I I actually think there have been sort of mini challenges along the way in fact lots of them but I actually think this I come back to this issue of deciding which roles to take and which ones to bypass is actually been probably the time where I've sort of faced the most um confusion and um where I've actually drawn a lot on advice from mentors and from more experienced peers um, because it is a really big decision particularly when you're early on um, building out a board career um, it's 
tempting and I've seen others doing it where you, where you, you know, you sort of take something because it's like, wow, that would be a really great role and that would really start me on my way. But it's not necessarily one that is truly, truly matched for you or something that you're passionate about as we were discussing earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think really, really being, um, taking the time and being really considered about those decisions, really, really doing the due diligence with heart and head, as we discussed earlier. Mm, I like that. And, um, you know, really, really asking for advice and guidance and perspectives from those around you, those who know you really well, professionally and personally as well, um, I think can be a big help in all of that. And I was a bit um, reticent to ask at the beginning. And now that I've got practice to asking um, just as others ask me, I've realized that it's absolutely fine. And it, if, when people ask me, I'm delighted to be able to help them. So oh, that's um, wonderful. of course that works in return. Mm, mm, that's awesome. So thinking about other negative aspects about being on a board, what would you say are the most sort of not so great parts about being a director or being on a board that no one really talks about? Uh-huh. I don't know whether it's not talked about, but I think it's perhaps not talked about enough, which is really, really making sure that you understand your obligations because they are very, very wide ranging. Mm-hmm. Um, and just making sure that you keep yourself as educated and as up to date as you possibly can because obligations and responsibilities and accountabilities are changing all the time in this space as well. Mm-hmm. And particularly in the year that we've just had in 2018 with the various Royal Commissions yeah. and so on, um, the director community is, you know, watching and learning from those um, very, very eagerly and with great anticipation as to how that sort of plays out in terms of the governance landscape now going forwards. So mm-hmm. I think really, really understanding those wide-reaching obligations, um, they are some sometimes seemingly endless um and then critically you know making time and space um in your busy life as a director to make sure you've got that constant education going on one thing I wish I had done earlier in this regard is actually done the Australian Institute of Directors course earlier on Mm -hmm. and that is one source there are other many fabulous sources of director learning but I think that one in particular for people early on, earlier on in their journey uh, is, is a really good thing because it just does give you that really great overview of where your focus needs to be in the role um, and really gives you, you know, the full range of considerations to think about as you, as you move through your various roles and fulfilling those, those roles. Um, I think the other thing is, for me, once you've got multiple boards on the go, you've got to be seriously organized. That's <laughs> the other thing. So if you're somebody who isn't and doesn't like sort of wearing many hats, then, you know, really think about this as to whether it's the right choice for you. Um, I'm actually working now with a, a virtual assistant, um, and that has made the organization side of things uh, much more seamless for me mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of logistics being involved with several businesses Mm. Um, and I think perhaps I just didn't I underestimated that going into this and your time becomes very 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 precious so you know working out how to best invest that 
is absolutely key. Absolutely. And something you don't think about to begin with. No. Very sure. No. I think people often think that because they sort of have a sense that, oh, it's a, you know, once, once a month meeting, it's, that's, that's almost the, the tiniest part of the commitment. That's the, the formalized part, perhaps. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you think about all the other aspects of directorship that we've spoken about in terms of engaging with the business outside of that, reading, keeping yourself current, going to networking events, really understanding the industry, the customer, what the trends are happening, um, Mm -hmm. all the way through to things like, you know, understanding employment law and things like that and making sure that you're across emerging aspects in those spaces. Um, And then right the way through to all the governance learning as well. Yeah, that's that's busy. I'm certainly busy full time for sure. And I'm very happy with that. That's what I wanted. Absolutely. So do you think there are any other essential skills on top of those that you've talked about that great board members have? Yes, there's a couple. Um, I, I, I love the word curious. And I think for me, that is a, a great way of summing up um, what I see in directors that I admire who are just at the absolute you know, top of their game, in my view. Mm-hmm. It's this curious, this real inquisitive and genuine interest in in the business in the people in the business and in the business um, being more successful and moving to a, a, a great place and, and getting a great outcome for all mm-hmm. I think um, having strong empathy is really really important um, it's perhaps more important I think than in a, an executive leadership role because you aren't in the business running it every day you are there as a non-executive not an executive and so Mm -hmm. having that sort of empathy um and having had the experience of being in that ceo or c-level shoes yourself you know having run a business having led a team day to day making big decisions trading off different aspects of business performance that's really important and that sort of speaks to making sure that you've got enough of that experience kind of built up before you jump into this, because I think otherwise it's very hard to have that empathy, mm-hmm. um, you know, at, at the truest level. I think listening skills are really, really critical. It's often talked about, but I mean, true listening uh, and listening to what's not being said as well as what's being said. Absolutely. <laughs> the, the nonverbal variety mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is very, very important. So having your full sort of scope of, 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 of awareness uh, of, of, of what's going on and always being very um, uh, on your toes about that. And I think last for me is, is, is really having a very low ego. You, as a board director, you, you're joining a team. This is, this is not an environment for sort of individual superstars. Uh, everybody needs to be a superstar, of course, and an A-game a, a player mm-hmm. uh, to contribute to the highest performing team. But you are forming a team. And that's the whole point. And um, so, again, if that's, you know, not where your mind is or where you're at, then, um, you know, I would, I would say it's, it's maybe the timing's not right. Um, and, you know, you need to be sort of very realistic about that. That's what you're, that's what you're doing. Yes. So, um, yeah. Couldn't agree more. Ego brings down way too many good teams. I think the other thing is in the board environment, you have such – limited time together as a team to work effectively to really really be high performing so 
you know, everybody needs to come in there in that mindset and in that willingness to, to really, really commitment to make that work. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, so thinking about that, what do you think the future of boards looks like? Well, I think we're going to see a lot more diversity in the boardrooms. I really hope we're going to see a lot more diversity mm-hmm. in boardrooms. We're making some good inroads collectively on gender diversity. But I think just as importantly, I'd really like to see greater and faster progress on age, on nationality, and those kind of aspects. So real cognitive diversity and perspective, diversity of perspective. Um, because I think the gender piece we're sort of starting to move on now, but those other pieces I'm actually not seeing yeah, that why much do movement you, at all. <laughs> why do you think that is? This has got me curious as well. Um, I think it's a, I think we can look, I think we can take a lot of lessons actually and, and a lot of learnings from the gender piece. Um, it hasn't really been until we've had specific initiatives encouraging, streamlining, building a pipeline of really great talented females and then networking them effectively into the decision makers in the board community, have we started to see progress and real meaningful progress in this space? Still arguably a lot more to do. But, you know, there's some real organised effort going around, uh, being put around the gender diversity piece. Mm-hmm. as an objective and, a, and an achieving that. And I think until we wrap the same uh, purposefulness around age mm-hmm. and nationality and those other aspects of gender, I just don't, uh, sorry, aspects of diversity, I just don't think we'll see, <laughs> we'll see similar sort of latency until that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, when we look at, at board composition and we think about our customer composition in most businesses, it is so much more diverse than our than our boards are. And we look at our team composition that we're representing and leading. And again, it's generally a lot more diverse. And I think it's particularly Absolutely. a particular issue in Australia as well. I think we've got even further, you know, there's some real leading light um, movement on this now, a positive movement coming out, particularly in Scandinavian countries and so on. Mm-hmm. So we can look to others to learn. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, so go on. Future of the board. Yep. So a lot more diversity. I think the mm-hmm. other thing is, uh, I would hope, my hope is that we're going to see um, a lot more um, customer data and uh, experience and insight being brought into boardrooms. Um, some businesses do this well already, but I think there's so much more scope to use technology and all this fabulous data that we have now and insight tools to really, really sort of help us as business leaders and as strategists um, in setting out direction for organisations to really involve the customer and the customer experience in that a lot, lot more. Um, so I think and hope that will be a real trend going forward as well. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, the, the feedback loop also um, is so much more immediate with social media and those kind of great tools at our fingertips. So we, we, we have the opportunity to be closer to the customer than ever, but I think we've still got a bit of work to do to sort of facilitate that into the boardroom and hardwiring it into the decision-making. 
So mm-hmm. I hope it's an environment where we have more diversity, more um, uh, perspective, uh, and that we have a much stronger perspective um, with the customer. Mm. Yes, I would agree. That would be fantastic as a board member, having that information. <laughs> yes, that would be uh, very well leading to well-informed decisions without a doubt. So from your board career so far, what do you think is a good piece of advice that you would give to new and aspiring board members? Two things. Firstly, being super clear in your mind why you want to do this, why you want to be a board director, particularly if it's a choice that you are making to move to a, being a, that, it, that that will be your main career, that you'll be a full-time board director. And to be very clear with your, with, within your mind about why, why it is, what's your sort of purpose for doing it. And that will be different for each of us. Um, but I think fleshing that out very clearly um, gives you then a really much clearer line of sight in making the types of choices um, and the speed at which to move and things like that that we have talked about in our discussion mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. I think the other piece of advice is just take your time as well. Mm-hmm. Take your time to build it out. It does take time. It takes years, in my experience, to build it out to, to what is a portfolio of positions and work. Um, and surround yourself with with mentors, with people that you can really um, learn with and learn from. Um, others going through a similar journey can be a tremendous source of, mm-hmm. of information and insight and sharing. Um, and really, you know, be prepared to spend the time sort of seeking out those learnings. Um, it is such an open-ended role. It's such a diverse role in the types of things and activities and knowledge base and uh, contribution that um, – that one makes as a director, but um, I think just, you know, um, really, really creating the space for, for that to happen and sort of skill yourself up in that regard. That's what I've mm. learned. And that also for me is absolutely the pleasure of doing this, is that you get to do that. You get to learn and explore and mm-hmm. learn from others and, and really, really sort of develop yourself in that process. Mm. Agreed. Okay, so last question for you today, Liz. What value do you get personally from serving on boards? Oh, goodness, I find it so fulfilling. Um, I'm so happy to be on this path and have the opportunity to do the nature of work that I do. I think for me... um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have a couple of things. I'm afraid I can't narrow it down. Go for it. Today, um, it's about. Firstly, I think working across multiple businesses, really different businesses, different teams, different issues, different challenges and opportunities. And what that gives me is a really, really broad perspective on issues. Um, there's a lot of similarities, which are really, really good, and things that can translate from one environment to another this also gives you a very very broad perspective that perhaps you don't get quite so much when you're working with one business in one industry one sector you can become quite focused um, in that environment I think the second thing I've 
touched on a little already is is around this learning opportunity you know for me um because it's such a broad reaching role um you really do find yourself you know I find myself on my toes and learning all of the time um both from the experiences I'm having in the boardroom and around the work and also from um the kind of formalized sort of learning that I'm seeking out to keep myself current and um up to speed with 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 sort of the the leading edge thinking that's going on here and then last which is probably the the most amazing thing um is the peer group that you get to work with uh, working with some extraordinary peers mm-hmm. in this space each of whom you know are typically doing the same kind of work so they're also involved in four or five different really interesting companies as well mm. and so the breadth of 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 uh, experience and issues and things that you have to to draw upon between you makes for some really extraordinary conversations um and extraordinary ideas and a sort of capacity um to 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 really really do that so I think it's that that peer group and um, that's a constant source of learning for me and um, one which I take huge fulfillment also being able to help others uh, that I know in their learning journey too. Mm. Fantastic. Uh, Love all that. Makes me want to go and join more boards (laughs) (laughs) and I hope for others as well. Well, thank you very much, Liz. It's been uh, a fantastic pleasure to chat with you today hear about your board career your experiences and your perspective on it thank you so much thank you lisa and well done for all the work that you do via this podcast and the other things that you do and helping uh, people along this super rewarding journey so thank you i love it my pleasure